Oh, yeah, you're rocking with David Essel Live, America's positive radio talk show. Welcome aboard as we, for the past 22 years, have been bringing you coast-to-coast information on how to radically change your life to bring it to the next level, your mind, your body, your spirit. Whatever it is you need to change, you're in the right place because we're going to give you thoughts and ideas and we have the most incredible guests. They're going to help you to break through to, to your next level. I'll share that with you. Of course, David Essel in the box, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. XM Satellite Radio, 168. And streaming worldwide at TalkDavid.com. If your friends do not yet have XM Radio, make sure to let them know they can listen to the show at TalkDavid.com. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network, 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Pure Positive Talk Radio. How do we know... Speaking of positive and changes, how do we know if our positive thinking is working? How do we know if listening to the CDs and reading the books and doing all the other affirmations and visualizations that many of my listeners do on a weekly basis, how do you know if it works? I'll give you an answer in a minute. Our guest today, bringing her back from Ireland, Lorna Byrne is going to bring us back from Ireland. She's over there now. She's going to be calling in for the show. She's the best-selling author of several books, including her most recent, A Message of Hope from the Angels, success stories about love, money, releasing hate, and so much more. And also, coming up later on in the show, we have uh, former NFL All-Pro linebacker Keith Mitchell. Yes, Keith is going to be with us, talking about using yoga. I know, isn't that interesting? This massive, muscular, former All-Pro linebacker, is totally sold on yoga for radical life change. We'll be talking to Keith about that. Dr. Johnny Bowden, who's the rogue nutritionist of the world, the rogue nutritionist of the world, author of, uh, co-author of the book, The Great Cholesterol Myth. We'll be talking about cholesterol, the myth behind it, and anti-aging tips as well for everyone that's trying to knock back those years and uh, at the very least in our brain, pretend we're not aging. But we can do things in the physical world to make that happen, too. First, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and hang out and be with us right here. So how do we know if our positive thinking is working? How do we know? There's one answer. It sounds like it is, as you go on in the email and share. And the longer you wait, the more resentments will build within you. It'll start to tear down the relationship. If this is a deal killer for you, and it sounds like it is, and if it is, that's great. That's what you desire. That's what you deserve, right? But you just have to tell her. You have to be up front. You have to go for it. You have to say, you know what, honey? My bad. You you were honest up front. I wasn't. I was a liar. I said that this is okay when it's not. I have to move on. If that is that important to you, it's not something that you can flub around and pretend it's not, then you just have to be honest. one 800 548 8255-1-800-548-8255. Next up, uh, oh, this is good. What is the tie-in between eating sugar at night and poor sleep? So this is what happens. When you eat sugar at night, you know, like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you go to bed at 11, it raises your blood sugar levels. So when your levels are raised, your blood sugar levels are raised, you might feel really relaxed. You might feel calm. Believe it or not, sugar has a really relaxing uh, uh, end result to it for a lot of people. Some people, it throws them over the edge hyper, but a lot of people, it does quite the opposite. So while the blood sugar levels are, are high, you feel good. So you go to sleep. Three to four hours later, in the middle of your sleep, those blood sugar levels crash, which wakes you up. 
all of a sudden you're in this deep sleep and then it's shattered. And for most people that are sensitive to sugar like this, it'll keep you up for hours. So the answer, don't eat any sugar. If you're sensitive to sugar, don't eat any sugar within six hours of bedtime. So if you go to bed at 11, that means you end at 5. Think about that. It's worth a good night's sleep. And for many people who are addicted to sugar, you might be listening right now going, are you kidding me, a night without sugar? And that says that we have an addiction. 1-800-548-8255. Of course, you can always email us during the show at talkdavid.com. Just go to talkdavid.com and email us. That's how we get many of these questions. You can text us during the show as well, 941 941- Two six six seven six seven six nine four one two six six seven six seven six. Oh, this is a good one. I saw you speak recently when I was on vacation in Florida. Do you have any regrets in life with your addictions, past, present, not not, not present and past addiction in the past, financial gambles or divorce from your past? That's a good, great question. The answer is no. The, the, the work that we need to do when we choose a life that doesn't serve us and the many addictions that I have had to work through, uh, the financial situations I got myself in that I've had to work through, divorce that I had to work through, if you do the work, you can relieve yourself and clear up all the shame and guilt. And now, and you were at the lecture, so you must have been at one where I shared a little bit about my life story. And, and now that you've cleared it up, there's no reason to feel bad about it. There's no regrets whatsoever. I have not a day of regrets about the alcohol I consumed, the, the cocaine I consumed, the amount of money I spent on it, the divorce. I have no regrets whatsoever. But that's only because we've turned those stories that you could feel bad about. Yeah, I feel really bad I spent all this money. Yeah, I felt really bad. that. But we turn all of that stuff just into... An experience, free of regrets, so we can talk about it. I mean, depending on what lecture you attended, you know, there's a lot of them that I I laugh pretty hard at (laughs) some of this stuff because it was idiotic. It was insane. And I can admit that I was insane in different parts of my life, absolutely. But I have no regrets whatsoever in regards to those questions that you've asked. Never, ever, ever. But it doesn't happen by wishing them away. It doesn't happen. You have to move through your shame and guilt by being willing over and over again to talk about them, to write about those experiences. The mistakes we've made in the past are simply there. They're in the past. Now, if you still feel ashamed or you still feel guilty or resentful at yourself for some of the stuff you've done, get with a professional, get with a coach, get with a minister, get with a counselor, get with a therapist, get with someone today, start today to remove it because you should. There is no reason to feel guilty or shameful or resentful about your past unless that's your identity, unless that's what makes you feel good is to beat the hell out of yourself. I choose not to, and there's a path that you don't have to either, regardless of what your past has looked like. Um, but you know what? As I'm reading this, I have to tell you something funny. I, I have to take that back. I do have one regret, and, and many of you out there will probably connect with this one. I remember a time that um, I was in a restaurant. <laughs> this is so funny. This is just coming into my brain. I was in a restaurant, and I was eating. It might have been with my family. And uh, and this woman walked by, and we connected eyes. And do you you know what happens when you connect eyes, right? With someone that like who knows? Is it past life? Is it lust? Is it this outrageous spiritual connection? Who knows what it is? But we we locked. She stopped walking. I couldn't talk. Eat. It was like one of those butterflies in the stomach moment, right? 
And she wa- kept walking by, and I said, oh, my God, you know, like, what should I do? And then I thought, well, it's probably better to do nothing because she might be with someone. And a half an hour later, all of a sudden I see her walking out of the restaurant with these two other people, and I, it was very clear that she wasn't with, quote-unquote, either of them. And she turned around and looked and smiled, stopped, walked on, turned around and looked again, like gave me the perfect opportunity, right, to get up and go over and introduce myself, and I didn't. <laughs> so if I ever regret, it would be that. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. We are funny, us little human beings, aren't we? What we're willing to do, what we're not willing to do, afraid of rejection. Oh, my God. Bless us all. Uh, here's a business question. I'm a small business owner. I've followed your posts on using social media and e-blast to serve our customers. I find people opting out of our email list and my Facebook page weekly, usually replaced by new people, but not always. Should I be concerned? So the first answer to that question is no. It's going to be a yes and no answer. So no, don't be concerned. When people opt out of your list or they they unfriend you on Facebook or unlike you on Facebook if you have a business page, it could be because they're just not good energy. It's not a connection. Like they may think that where your work is okay, but it's not great, so they move on to someone else, which is good because you really only want people that want to be with you. It's like the world of dating or marriage. You know, you only want to date people that really want to date you. You only want to marry people that really want to marry you. And in business, you re- truly. You only want to have relationships with customers that really want to be with you. So the answer of no, don't worry about people opting out comes from the fact that we want people who are really interested in what we do and what we offer. Now, the flip side of that is, yeah, maybe you should be concerned. Maybe your 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 work is too sales-oriented. Maybe what you're doing is promoting too much of just you and not being of service, not giving tips, not giving hints in whatever line of work you're in. You didn't say it here, but as a small business owner, your e-blast and your Facebook page should have 50% or more of your stuff on Facebook should be of giving service and help in your line of work. So how do you figure that out? Get an unbiased professional to look at your Facebook page, to look at your e-blast, and to let you know if you're too heavy sales pitched. Because sometimes people leave us when all we're doing is try to sell. Does that make sense? 1-800-548-8255. Here's a text, and our text number is 941-266-7676. A great question, another business question. I'm in a network marketing business. I just finished a course on abundance where the teacher said, if you follow her program, you will make $100,000 or more uh, working four hours per day and easily increase it to $200,000 or more in a year working four hours a day. Is this true? Well, I'm going to tell you this. If you want to try it out and it works, I want that woman's name, number. I want it all. If you can make $100,000 a year in your line of work, working four hours a day, I want to know. I would love to know. I think it's a long shot. The odds are a long shot. You know, we have to remember, in this whole world of abundance and the law of attraction and positive thinking and all this stuff, the odds of things being too good to be true but still being true is very rare. Most Now, you know on this show, I have interviewed the cream of the crop in regards to money and success. 
You know, the uh, Derek Mills f- comes to mind. You know, the guy from England, uh, the 10-second philosophy. Harv Ecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Susie Orman, the great financial wizard, TV and radio. And I don't, I know none of them on this show have ever mentioned anything about kick back four hours a day and make a hundred grand. That sounds like a network marketing sales pitch to me. I don't know if the abundance course you took was by someone in network marketing, but it sounds like a sales pitch. What I would do is this. Well, this is, this is what all the teachers that I've worked with, including my current business coach, my current financial coach in business, they all tell me the same thing. You know, most people that are going to be really successful are going to work really hard. Our mantra is to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to make the money you want to make, to get the body you want to get, to to find the relationship or to create the relationship that you want to create in love. You know, do whatever it takes for as long as it takes. Normally, to make $100,000 or more, it's going to take more than four hours a day. That's just the facts, you know? So, so if you're willing, here's this is what I would say to do if I were you. You have two options. Number one, give that course three months. If you can afford to make very little money for three months, give that course three months. Work four hours a day. See what happens at the end of three months, at the end of 90 days. If you're making good money and it looks like you're on your way to 100 grand a year, keep doing it. If you're not, at the end of that three months, what I would say is work your butt off. Put in as many hours as you can, seven days a week. Earn your hundred grand, and then kick back to four hours and see if you can maintain it. You know, I want to believe that miracles can happen. This sounds like a miracle course to me. You know, I, I want to believe miracles can happen. But normally, if you're not at that level right now, I think it's probably going to take more than four hours a day to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Just saying. <laughs> right? Just saying. And and remember, and that goes along with what I opened here today about positive thinking. If if you're doing the uncomfortable, if in that course, those four hours, you're working your tail off for four hours and you're doing the things you don't want to do, you're making the prospecting calls one-on-one, you're working your tail off doing everything you don't want to do, heck, maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, please email me, text me, call me. Let me know I'm wrong. Let me know in 90 days that you're on your way to making $100,000 easily a year working four hours. I will get you on the show as my guest. I will interview you. I will promote the hell out of your business, and all of us will benefit. (laughs) You're tuned in to America's positive radio talk show, Rockin' This World, every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern. 3 to 6 Pacific, 1-800-548-8255. Coming up next, from Ireland, Lorna Byrne, talking about the power of angels giving us messages to help us radically change our life. All the information at TalkDavid.com. Go to TalkDavid.com to find out information about our show, our guests, and more. I'm David Essel. Stay there. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Alive, celebrating 22 years on the air, broadcasting live on a studio in Los Angeles, California. 1-800-548-8255. Welcome aboard. I am so excited. Our guest right now, Lorna Byrne, is back visiting with us from Ireland. She's calling in from Ireland. We're going to talk about her newest book, her first book, about the story in her life, Angels in My Hair, published in more than 50 countries 
26 languages. And it talks about in there how since she was a little girl, she's been seeing angels in the physical form. Just like you see a friend walking down the street, Lorna Burns sees angels walking down the street just like they're physical. It's amazing. And then in her newest book, Hope from the Angels, she has an amazing amount of stories. And we're going to get to some success stories today about people struggling with parenting and money, resentments, hate, and how when she's with these people, she can see their angels behind them, like their guardian angels behind them, giving her cues on what they may need to hear, messages that they hear, they need to hear in order to shift their life. Lorna, it is so great to have you back. It's lovely to be talking with you, Davis, as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to tell you two really quick stories, and then we're going to get into your stories, Go ahead. okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So first of all, I gave a copy of your book to my 83-year-old mother, who absolutely loved it, Lorna. And oh, she, yes. Oh, she, you know, like, she she believes in angels. She loves angels. And I, I just had to share with you that she loved your stories. Well, tell her thank you very much. And she's a great age to be able to, you know, do all that, pick up a book and read it and everything like that. I hope I'm as good as her when I'm that age. You and me both. You and me both. She's a little spitfire, babe. Is she? <laughs> okay. <laughs> she is great. She is such a great mom. And then the other story I want to share with you is a personal story. So the last time you were on the show... Uh, same thing, Saturday night, I got up Sunday morning, and I remember saying, you know, I need to talk to my guardian angel more. So I have this ritual I do every morning with prayer and meditation, and in it, I said, you know what, guardian angel, because I don't know what my guardian angel's name is, maybe you could help me, but I said, um, I want a sign today, just something, you know, like I go, well, let's do the normal traditional thing, let's do the feather, you know, like, like let me see a feather somewhere. Lorna, this is the truth. An hour later, I'm on the beach, and I'm going through another meditation, and I'm sitting in a chair, and it's windy, and it's cold, and everything else. And I, 20 minutes into the meditation, I just happen to open my eyes, and in front of me, in the sand, is a huge pelican feather. Wow. A huge, isn't that cool? And I go, oh my gosh, Lorna is so right. So... I got up, I got the feather, and then I go, okay, let me just make sure that, you know, there isn't like a dead pelican down the beach, and there's feathers all over the place, and this just happened to be there. Lorna, I walked up and down the beach. There was not one other feather on the beach. Well, you're after getting a huge sign, so you shouldn't be doubting, but everyone always doubts at different times during their lives, but that is fantastic. Did you keep the feather? Yes, I did. And then now, now tell me what this means. So I kept the feather and then I had my car cleaned out, you know, by, by a professional. And when I went to get back in the car, I didn't notice it till later that day, the feather was gone. Um, so that means they thought it was a mistaken feather in my car, right? And they, they disposed of it. Yes. Did you ask them, did they, or did it just disappear? No, you know what? I didn't think about it until the next day. I thought that night I thought about it, but they were closed. And then I just trusted that everything happens for a reason and I had to let go and not be too consumed with it, you know? Well, it, that, that often happens. The sign is given to you and then it's, it's taken, taken away, you know, um, and they, they could have taken it away, but they were probably then meant to as such. But if, 
sometimes it happens. You're you're given a sign, something special, and you keep it, and it's always there as as a reminder for you as well. But that's a fantastic story. Like, yeah. I have to yeah. say, I'm going to ask them to do something else for you. Maybe it won't be a sign, and you know, but maybe something else to help to to empower you more. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I have great faith, but the, the the thing was, after I talked to you, I said, I don't talk to my guardian angels enough, so let me just go ahead and do it, and let me ask for a sign, and it was beautiful, so I want to thank you, because you've now reconnected me with that part of my life, just off of our one conversation, and I appreciate you so much for that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, a question for you. How do you know what your guardian angel's name is? Um, what I always say say to people is, you know, if you 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 actually did know your guardian angel's name when you were a little child, mm-hmm. you know, but you usually forget it because of all the things in in life. Um, and I would say to you, just to ask your guardian angel, what's 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 the name, or do you already have a name in your head? Is there already thought of a name there, but you have never acknowledged it? Well, the name that I've always been attracted to, but it's an archangel's name, is Gabriel. Well, then, if, if you've always been attracted to it, it doesn't. There's lots of angels. I have to smile. There's lots of angels called Michael. It doesn't mean they're an archangel. And there's lots of angels called Gabriel as well. Just like there's lots of people called Davis. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I love that if answer. If you're being attracted to to the name Gabriel, you know. Um, well then, then, then use it. Don't be doubting yourself. Okay, I like and that answer. I'll buy that. The only thing is, an archangel can't be anyone's guardian angel, but it it could be that um, the angel Gabriel just be in and around you at different times, and your own guardian angel's name could be Gabriel, and that's why mm-hmm. you're attracted to it. Yeah. So again, it, it it's kind of having faith. You know, and and acknowledging that you know that God did give you a guardian angel that is right there with you, and and not and not to doubt that 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 is what faith is is um, you know to believe in God. In the end, that's all we have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, I want to go. I'm gonna we're gonna try to get. We have a half an hour with you today, and I want to try to get into a couple of these stories. And one of them, Lorna, was so powerful. And ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Lorna Byrne. Um, her new book, Message of Hope from the Angels. You can find out more about Lorna, Lorna by going to lornaburn.com. B y r n e lornaburn.com. So there was a story that you were sharing about a woman who had teenagers, and her teenage daughter was unbelievably cruel to this woman. I mean, so nasty and so so cruel to her mom that her mom was losing all kinds of faith in herself and, and felt totally, totally beat up with her daughter's presence. And, and go ahead and tell the story because the ending is so amazingly profound. The turnaround is so profound. And for parents out listening right now, doesn't matter what age you are, who are struggling with your children, this is beautiful. Lorna, tell us what happened. Um, well, I suppose maybe start at, at the beginning and give you as, as much as I possibly can. Um, I, I was in, in Dublin in, in a hotel and just, just this woman comes up to me, you know, 
and she was so, so stressed and she, she just said, you know, can I share with you? I need to talk to you. You know, please help me. And she sat down and she started to talk and I was watching the angels around her. You know, especially, you know, her guardian angel was there, but there was four other other angels with her. And she spoke about her teenage daughter. And at times she was nearly in tears because, you know, she was saying, you know, her teenage daughter would say she was the worst mother in the world, you know, that she was horrible and everyone else's mother, you know, was, was so good and that she hated her. And seemingly, you know, this was going on for about, you know, I think two years or so. I think the girl was about 15 and she did have a little brother as well, 13. And the mother said, you know, that her daughter had just ripped her apart, you know, um, taken away all her confidence, everything, that she even ended up, you know, going to the doctor, being on medication, having a breakdown. And I was just listening to the angels, you know, as the mother was talking and the mother was in tears and all and just said she couldn't cope anymore. And just the angel said, Lorna, you know, ask her, you know, did she tell her daughter that she loves her? You know, the simple thing, you know, Mm. I love you. And the mother just looked at me. I always remember the, the surprise of the look on the mother's face you know, at that time, and she she says, you know, of course she knows I love her. She's, I'm, I'm her mother, you know. My mother never said, you know, that, 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 that she loved me, but she was my mother, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, she assumed she did. And right. I, ex- I, I explained as the angels were, were talking to me, you know, um, to tell her that her daughter was actually showing her love, that that's why she was screaming and shouting at her and running her down, Um, that 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 was love and that her daughter wanted to know that her mom loved her. Hmm. And, you know, we just talked and talked for, for a while and, again, the angels were saying, you know, tell her what what to do, the mom what to do, you know, not to be fighting with her or screaming and shouting at her. You know, when when the mother, when the daughter, you know, flares up and calls her all kinds of names. You know that she's not to get angry or cross back at the daughter. Right, you know, right. Um, smile. That's hard to you do. Know, stay calm. It's very, very hard to do because yeah. I meet so many parents, including fathers, that are just falling asunder. But they have to remember their children are crying out for love. It is actually love. They want to know, are you there for me? And that's one of the messages the angels had given. That's what her daughter wanted to know. You love me, you're there for for me. And Because who else can a young person say all these things with all the anger maybe they feel inside of them as growing up and as teenagers, you know, um, only the ones they love. Yes. You know, and and we we forget that, and just you know, the angels had said, you know, um, tell her to tell her daughter.